What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to Ready Play Movies. I believe this is episode 39. I'm not sure. I don't have a doc <laughs> in front of me. I am uh, I'm a little bit out of sorts. As a matter of fact, I'm not even, I'm going to go off the cuff. I'm not reading a script. I'm not doing anything here. Uh, I'm just sort of just vibing. Yeah, we're... yeah I, I can confirm this is episode 39, by the way. I just, okay. I just looked up. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, this would have been the episode that would have dropped on Tuesday, October 5th. However, I'm putting this out on Friday, October 8th, because I am a bitch. Because I can, I can <laughs> confirm that that is a true statement. <laughs> you sure use that word a lot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, over here uh, on the right, uh, on the right side of me on the on the screen is my guest, Mr. Daniel Lima. Hello, everybody. I've been yes. here a few times. Yes, of course. You're like you're. I think I think Dallas might have you beat. So I think he's still technically the returning champ. <laughs> but whatever, mm. it's okay. It's all right. I don't even know. I actually I don't know the count. So between both the odds. I did I did the episode with you once. Then I did the one with my sister, and then this would be my third. I think. I think it's I think fourth. I think you've third. done it twice. Fourth plus. Oh, okay. Plus, so okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I think Dallas might be three times. I don't know. But whatever. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Who's keeping count? Doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> Not you. Not, Not. you. For sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is a this is a different Ready Play Movies episode here. We're not doing the typical sh- format where we do like you know segment segment news news you know extra news all that stuff. Check this out. All that stuff is just being thrown out the window for this week. Um, I was gonna do the episode uh, this week, but then like. Uh, so basically what's happening is I'll just sort of just put this out there. I didn't put out post this week because Troy, um, you know, he had to work and he's out of town. Like, so we couldn't record together and I couldn't find a guest to record the show with, uh, like, like as far as like, it was kind of, it was probably going to be a one man show, like a one man podcast. But then Dan, you know, gave me a, saved me from, from a, a monologue <laughs> and he's going to just, he volunteered now, to, to do something different. Did I say... Did I save you or did I save the audience is the question. <laughs> you know, what's kind of interesting is like I watch a movie podcast. Uh, I don't know if I want to say his name, but like I, I don't say I watch. I would say I used to watch more than I say I currently do watch. I used mm-hmm. to watch a movie podcast and it was a one man podcast and it was very entertaining. He's he's very engaging and he, he has yeah. he has such a big following that. It's like he's talking to you, and you know he's, you know, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like he has enough. Yeah. Inter- he has enough audience interaction to to basically, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like give the facade of a conversation. Whereas, right. If I were to talk, since I don't have anyone talking back to me, then I doesn't. It doesn't quite work. I don't know. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, there are people out there that can pull off a, a one man show really well. I. I used to listen to the Don Car- Dan Carling uh, podcast, and he was very good. He used to do these shows about like politics and stuff, and it was just very entertaining, despite the fact that it was a one-man show. And he kind of stopped doing those. Now he just does uh, Hardcore History, which a lot of people love, but um, I can't get into that one because it's just like each episode is like four hours of history or something, and I, I am not as much of a history buff, and so I, I can't get into that one specifically. But yeah, I've enjoyed one-man shows in the past before. It takes a certain kind of like... It takes a certain kind of personality to uh, to be able to pull that off, um, which I'm not saying you don't have, by the way. You very well might. I just, I never heard you do it, so I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you have what it takes. It probably takes a lot of practice, too, actually. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. knows? I don't know. I'll be awkward, maybe. Who knows? Because yeah. uh, I'm trying to get a guest for this coming Monday, and they haven't confirmed if they can make it or not. Uh, because if they can't, then it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a one man show for next next week because Troy's actually out of town for two weeks. So, and then what's kind of you know, funny is when Troy gets back from town, I'm gonna be going out of town because I'm going on my vacation. 
So it's like oh shit. Gotta, so that's gonna be difficult. Something I gotta pre-record something yeah. for for that too. So, but anyways, uh, yeah. So as far as what we're doing today here is actually we're gonna do as you guys can see in the title, we're doing a spoiler cast, and uh, we're gonna. So if you guys don't know, we're Squid Game is a show that's blowing up on Netflix. It's gotten really big. We talked about it on Netflix and Chill. If you watch the show for these past couple weeks, where you do the charts, it's number one on trending for three weeks in a row. Actually, I think mm-hmm. three weeks. I think. Oh no! Wait, it was number two because people were, then people were talking about it, and then it rose up to number one, and it stayed at number one for two weeks in a row. That's what it was. Um, so, uh, Squid Game is a very crazy ass show, and I actually know a lot about it because I, not only did I watch it, but I like I learned a lot of. I've seen many a YouTube breakdown about it, so we're gonna talk about that. And uh, if you guys have not watched Squid Game, you guys are more than welcome to watch the beginning of this podcast because the first part is gonna be spoiler cast. I'm sorry, spoiler free. Excuse me. And then the second part where we'll give you like a clear delineation is that going forward, we'll be talking about all the spoilers and we'll be going into the nitty gritty. Um, I expect this to be the, the shortest episode of Ready Play Movies. We've been averaging about two hours a pop. I'm expecting this to go for one hour, maybe 30 minutes, total, uh, somewhere between 30 minutes and an hour, somewhere in there. And uh, who knows? We'll see. And uh, Dan, I'll go ahead and give you the, uh, the opening statement. Uh, what are your thoughts about Squid Game? How did you figure, how did you find out about it? Was it through my show? Please tell me what's in the show. It actually was not. And and the funny thing is I, I, uh, I'm i one episode behind now, but I've listened to most of the other episodes. And you, if you guys mentioned it before, I, I probably heard it, but didn't like fully process it strongly. Uh, maybe none of you guys were watching it yet, but it, it wasn't until like, you know, when, when everybody's talking about something and then you can't quite tell like where you heard about it from, but just at some point you're like, okay, the world is talking about this, right? Like you're just going to get that feeling yes. like, okay, the world is talking about this now. And you feel like I've heard, you've heard it from everywhere. So it's hard to pinpoint where it came from, but yeah, it was this last, um, you know, over the last week. That uh, that that Lee and I kind of looked at each other and were like, dude, this the Squid Game thing. I guess we've got to watch that, right? Like, because everybody's talking about. It. I think she was the one actually that was like, hey, do you want to watch Squid Game? And I I said, oh, you know what? I keep hearing about that, so sure, let's give it a try. Let's check it out. And this show, Lewis, um, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it to be completely honest. But there's one thing I want to wow. say. Once you start it, it's hard to put down. Yes. Once you start it, it's hard to put down. It's one of those shows. Every ep- like, there's cliffhangers after cliffhangers. You want to see what's gonna happen next. There's just so much tension. It, it grabs your attention. The show commands your attention for the full time. Uh, it is a Korean show, by the way. I watched it with uh, with English subtitles, which I I didn't know about uh, before I started. You know, I'm a subtitle person. Original audio subtitles. That's how I like to watch my stuff. Um, and you know, I enjoyed it. I think everybody should watch it. Um, we might get into some nitpicks or, or criticism from my part, uh, at least later on in the show. But just in general, I think this show is an experience. Um, I think it's a it's seems to be you know the the one of the big shows of the year. So I think you know if you're just looking for something to watch on Netflix, definitely give this a try. Now I d- I do almost want to give people some like like trigger warnings a little bit. Like just keep in mind like. This is not your uh, your run of the mill family show, okay? This is this is pretty intense. This is a mature show um, intended for mature audiences. Uh, it gets pretty dark at times. It can get a little gory. Um, so just kind of keep that in your head if you're gonna jump into this. If you're overly sensitive about some of the stuff, then maybe not for you. You know, yeah. so just keep that in mind. It's overly violent, but it's not gratuitous. I mean, it's not it's not it's gratuitous, but not like saw gratuitous. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, it's it's, it's it makes sense is how right. I put it. Uh, shot very tastefully, you know. Um, 
yeah, there's so much to say. Like there, there's a lot to, to say about the show. Um, okay, so without, I guess, without giving like too much away about what it's about, I just sort of want to talk about some of the research that I saw, like behind the scenes. Um, behind the it's scenes, it's about stuff. Splatoon. You know, <laughs> like Squid Game. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's just about, yes, they're all playing Splatoon. A live action Splatoon. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, they uh, the Korean cinema has been on the rise as of late. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when we talked about like the Academy Award winning movie Parasite, you know, that came from mm. that came from South Korea as well. So, that movie's so good, by the way. Yes, I really so like good. that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that like... Between that and like a lot of other like recent Korean stuff, like it's sort of been elevating to like this this echelon where it's kind of like becoming a a bit of a Hollywood over there. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really interesting that Netflix, with all of their their I don't know purchasing power, that they can just greenlight this. And so by the way, mm-hmm. normally when I would think of like a of a Netflix original that's over that's foreign, I just thought that they you know they put everything under a Netflix original banner. When it's not mm-hmm. made by Netflix, so a movie a movie would be made in like you know Spain or whatever or or in France, and it would be made by a company there, and then they just sold the rights, they just sold the international distribution to Netflix. It wasn't commissioned by Netflix; it was just sold to Netflix, and they just put it under the the Netflix original banner. This show is not that. This show was green lit and produced by Netflix. Like Netflix actually mm. reached out to this team or whatever, and or the team reached out to Netflix. They made a deal and they actually greenlit this. So this was always, always shot and recorded with the intention of being an international like release on Netflix with being dubbed and or like you know that kind of stuff like or not dubbed. Like actually, there is an English dub. I didn't turn that on. I just fucked that. I want to stick with the original audio. But that's kind of interesting that like Netflix, the company, believed in the creators so much that they specifically allowed right. them to make the movie or make the show how they intended and then and, and distribute it that way so and the, and the showrunner for it i i saw some tweets going around about how he was actually trying to get his script picked up for like over 10 years and yeah. uh struggling with money and stuff and then when it finally did and the show finally came out you know he probably made a lot of money i would assume because with it being number one on netflix he better have right yeah <laughs> becoming this huge sensation now you mentioned something interesting louis about how korean you said korean cinema is on the rise right I have a question for you. Do you think Korean cinema is on the rise and, and growing and getting better? Or is it that we're just now paying attention to it? Meaning, could it be that it was always this good, but we just didn't pay attention? Because honestly, historically, I feel like the United States doesn't really pay attention to foreign language stuff in the same yes. way that other countries do. You know, I think streaming is like a, a huge benefit benefit to that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's one of those kind of things that like, it sort of like breaks down the barriers. Because, you know, when I think about like, foreign movies and stuff like that there was like a a korean movie that i watched back in like 2005 that was amazing but no one ever heard about Mm -hmm. and um it's kind of interesting because like you don't see those kind of movies play in like theaters like nationwide like a wide release it's like they're very few and far between like not every movie can be life is beautiful which is a foreign language film but like you know like they tend to go under the radar um so yeah i think it's a it's a situation where it's like there's no cost to distribute a movie over Netflix, whereas right. you have to like you know, uh, like uh, what is it called? Uh, there's a promotional cost and everything to put something in theaters. So right, I think that right. that's a, it's an interesting thing. Like uh, I think that's what it is. Maybe it's always been that good. I mean, hell, like I said, like there was like a movie that I, one of my favorite movies that I was gonna do, uh, a sharing the love at some point in the future was a movie called Taiku Taiguk G, which is a 
a Korean movie about uh, the Korean War, about North versus right. South Korea. Uh, it was like a fictional movie, but it was you know set in this real world backdrop that's like a crazy good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's interesting. I think that uh, that is almost the topic of the show in and of itself. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. What do you what do you think? Yeah, it's just it's just cool to think that uh, I think the the rise of the streaming platforms are making it so that more people all across the world can now consume the best content from all across the world because uh in general i wouldn't argue for instance that brazil where i come from that that we had phenomenal cinema compared to hollywood i don't think we were even would we would even come close to that in fact a lot of brazilian movies just didn't really hit for me like i watched a lot of brazilian movies growing up um i still watch them you know over the last few years i've watched a few but um a lot of them you know they they never felt like it was the same obviously never the same budget really and so that that kind of shows on the quality of the content a lot of times but there's been a few exceptional Brazilian movies um, that are probably worth watching by um, everybody, you know, around the globe. Just like there are, I'm sure, you know, uh, plenty of exceptional Korean movies and, and Spanish movies and, and maybe African movies and, and everything else. You know, like there's people making movies all over the all over the place. So I like the idea that Netflix now allows us and Netflix and other streaming services now allow us to experience, you know, not just the best stuff. America and the UK and maybe Australia, but also the best of, you know, Europe and the best of Asia and all that other stuff. So I'm very excited for the future in that sense of seeing more things like this. Yeah, I just think that it's, uh, I don't know if like if it's a situation where like anime's popularity has allowed for people to be okay with watching stuff in subtitles. Right, right, right. Like, uh, I think it's like even like when I talk about my nephew, like he's like 18 years old right now. And it's like a huge big deal to be bothered to watch something in subtitles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think there's like an interesting like little like culture thing that's being permeated through where it's like you got to get used to it or whatever. Because like I think with him, like with young people, you tend to have a situation where you're if you watch something with subtitles, you have to pay attention. You can't look away. You can't be on your phone while watching a movie passively. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I love that about it, actually. And it's funny. I, I grew up watching American movies with subtitles. And, and because of that, I feel like where I come from, the culture is almost like you're a baby to complain about subtitles. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just, people just kind of accept that. That's just what it is. Like, and, and dubbing is pretty big and, and people watch dub movies too. Uh, and there's, there, maybe there's people that prefer it, but just in general, like I feel like culturally, at least amongst the people that I grew up around that uh, generally, you know, after you reach a certain age, like after you reach like, after you're like a teenager, like you want to watch stuff on subtitles because, um, it's almost like you want to be cool. Like you don't want to be the person that's watching it with like the, the fake like audio that was put on top of it, you know, have Leonardo DiCaprio speak, speak with this random person's voice. Like you want to, you want to see the original, like what it was like. It feels more like you feel more cultured, like doing that, right? Like whether that's fair or not, maybe not, but um, because of that, it's just normal to me. And I'm always surprised when I meet people here where they're like, ah, I don't watch stuff with subtitles. I'm like, dude, like you're missing out on so much, you know, it's like, just get over it. <laughs> you know, that's really how I feel. But I, I feel like we're going on tangents here. I, yeah. Maybe we maybe we should just kind of give a synopsis of the show, too, because we haven't really told people about what it is, have we? Yeah, exactly. We just kind of sort of danced around it a lot. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how to I don't know how to uh, explain what the show is without going into spoilers. Like I want the first thing I want to do is spoil the first episode when I talk to the sh- when I talk about yeah. the show, which I think I is th- a fair a fair spoiler is the first episode yeah. because no, not agree. only is it a you know give you the premise, but it also is what they led with in the trailers. Right. If you ever right. watched the trailers, 
I feel like it's one of those shows where like it, it, the, the least you know might be might be best, but but I feel like it's not a problem to know that this is about a Hunger Games battle royale kind of situation where you have uh, plenty of people uh, fighting for a prize and it will involve them like they 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 will die in the process of of trying to get get that prize and um so I I think I think that's kind of it like I. I don't, I don't know, like, what else we can give away to, but that's how I would put it to somebody. It's like, if you like, you know, the premise of Hunger Games, then it's it's a similar premise, but with a slightly different setting and, and rules and, and et cetera. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, it's they, they play children's games, like, things that you would play in elementary school as like, yeah. uh, as the game that they have to, you have to play, like... Uh, uh, I'll just go ahead and just spoil just the first episode just to give you an idea. Everyone knows what red light, green light is. Like, I played it mm-hmm. as a kid. Uh, so they just played red light, green light to, for the first round. And games of that ilk uh, mm-hmm. to to get, establish, you know, who uh, who would be the ultimate, you know, winner. And yeah. uh, it's uh, it's a total of six games to play it over, like, I think it was six days that they were supposed to do. Um, and then, yeah, they just uh, have to deal with, like... This this game this 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 show has like so much like metaphors like in metaphors on metaphors on metaphors as far as like you know mm-hmm. classism and like uh, like the you know desperation and all this like stuff that they like talk about as far as like uh, you know what is cruel what is what is fair and all that other stuff there's a lot that they they sort of you know chime in on and mm-hmm. the show is very is very interesting I liked it it's 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 got like it's got the visceral entertainment factor going for it as well as mm-hmm. like a deep uh, like pontif- pontification about the human condition I would yeah say. yeah that's a great way to put it and I feel like that puts it in a perfect place to uh to get into spoiler territory if like. <laughs> yes yeah I see that's perfect yeah that's a good yeah. wrapping that's a good wrap-up thought right there it's just like just if you like if you like any of those any of the things any of the things that we said um, then yes definitely check out Squid Game obviously with it being number one on Netflix you probably already have assumably <laughs> um, and then also uh, one last thing before we move on to spoilers I'm gonna go ahead and just say nine point five out of ten let's go with that dang dang what about you I don't know I don't I I really, I really don't know if I would know how to how to rank it because I um I feel like I definitely wouldn't rank it that high actually. You wouldn't um, even put it in nine but, out of ten because I, I feel like it's amazing. Like I, all right, well, <laughs> we'll we'll get into it. I don't. I I have no idea how to rank it. I have I I've been thinking about it because I, I just finished the show. I think like yesterday. Yes. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I'm just very I'm very conflicted right. about it. I right, I could we'll go like this. either way. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll just go ahead and say it's a recommendation from Dan as well. I'll say that. Yes, I recommend it. I recommend it. I recommend yes. it. And then we'll uh, we'll go into spoiler talk. And I guess as we like sort of like go over our thoughts, we can sort of. You know, Try maybe, to figure it out. Maybe figure yeah. it out, like have a clarity and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so spoilers from here on out. Here mm-hmm. we go. All right, so what 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 do you want to start with? Do you want to do like a play-by-play of like the games and like sort of like establish, you know, a lot of like the tone? So I, I think a good a good way to start is like to think about the start of the show, really. Um, and, and the show starts with the, with this character. And I, I don't know if I'm going to be – I want to be saying people's names because I, I feel like I'm going to butcher everything. <laughs> But um, the, the 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 main character of the show I found very unlikable in the beginning. I found him like I didn't I didn't really find him relatable. I feel like they were trying to like be like oh like here's uh at some point like you you do find him relatable. But at least in the beginning I was like this dude just seems like an ass. You know like he's uh he's taking advantage of his mother. You know he's not you know he's not taking care of himself he's he's on all this debt he's not really taking care of his daughter like there's uh this this dude is in a really 
fucked place in his life. You can tell that a lot of things went wrong for him. Um, but it, it, he wasn't a character that I rooted for in the beginning, to be completely honest with you. I just, I couldn't find myself really liking him. I was just like, you know, like this dude is just, is just annoying. And I feel like he, it comes across like he earned the, the place that he's at in, in his life in a lot of ways. And, and I feel like that was not what the ultimate message of the show was truly about. And, and, and the one thing, like, the one thing about this that I want to spin as a positive is that uh, the way that that character starts the show just highlights how much development he goes through when you look at the way that he ends the show. And I feel like, so one of the negative points of the show for me is that initially I did not, I couldn't get behind the character and I struggled to kind of get past that wall. Uh, but by the end, I realized that they actually did a really good job of developing the character and making the character grow throughout the story. Yeah, like, I think it's really interesting that he was, uh, you know, he kind of sucks. Like, you yeah. kind of just sort of see what, what he is, but uh, you don't actually get the character de- the character development of his backstory until later on. Specifically with mm-hmm. episode two, when they when they get off the island, but also, like, later on, where they're, like, when he's talking to the old man about the strike, about how, what he lived through and what he saw and the trauma he was feeling and why he sort of just kind of checked out on life. Uh, mm-hmm. You kind of sort of get a, a feel for who he is, and I think they uh, the game sort of brought out the best in him in the sense of you know he sort of like learned his true character inside, and you know right. where where he's not willing to sort of break in his from his moral compass, but also he gets tested as well. He even breaks his own moral code, and he starts to like deceive somebody when he knows he's wrong, but. You know, when he's back against the wall, he just sort of knows where where he truly stands. But even then, even after where he he, he fucked up, he still gets back on his high horse because he knows he needs to do better. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was very interesting that uh, slowly throughout the show you get to see his uh, his morals and 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 one of my issues was that I felt like they were almost they almost seemed to be inconsistent with the morals they seemed to have in the beginning of the show. Um, but I, I feel like that really it is about that development and in him uh, kind of finding his best self uh, throughout the, the development of the show while other characters revealed their their worst selves uh, throughout the throughout the show and I these stories tend to it's a common theme for these kinds of stories where in moments of distress and and disaster and and just uh desperation uh that a lot of people a lot of times people tend to uh regress to their more animalistic instincts and you know kill or be killed like that that kind of stuff right um now if if you want to stay with the first episode you know the when when they actually get into the game the the first game that they played you said earlier red light green light and that's when they all find out that the 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 penalty basically to uh to breaking the rules of the game to to us uh, failing at the game is death that they get immediately shot um and that's what you know establishes the stakes for the rest of the show um so so why do you think of that just like the establishing of the stakes like just just being in that spot of the show i guess I just think that it's kind of fucked up that they didn't really like there. I've seen many a YouTube video breaking down, like if whether or not that this was ethical, like, you know, like if it was, Mm -hmm. if the guy behind the, I guess, spoilers, I guess the number one, since he's behind the whole thing, if he was a, if he's a shitty guy for, for doing what he did or whatever. And then he was basically, I'll go for it. Go for it. My, my belief is that he is a shitty guy and that it's not ethical because I think I was almost upset that they tried to spin it in the end as like oh you know maybe he had a point because like no yeah fuck that like those people <laughs> did not sign up to get killed now uh, here's the thing 
there is an argument to be made here because of a very interesting choice they made on the show that totally caught me off guard and I could never have seen coming, which is the fact that they let them go and then they come back. The participants of this game, after they find out that their lives are on the line, they are able they they do a thing where they're able to get home and then choose to come back if they want to, and the majority of them come back. Like 93% so there is, of them. Yeah, so there's a point there. From that yes. point on, I can see the point. However, there were 200 people that died in the very first game that were not given that choice. They only signed up to play a game. It's like, oh, you, yeah, you signed up here. It's like, oh, you hit I agree on, like, Facebook, so now we can do whatever the fuck on the fu Facebook, like, terms of service, so now we can fucking murder you. No. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I got really upset, like... The people that died in that very first game Didn't did not sign up for that and did not have a choice, and that is not fair. But everyone and, from there on, um, there on out did. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I can see the argument just from, like, the, the I guess it was, like, the second episode, like, the second yeah. episode onward, but I don't think the argument applies to the whole thing because of that especially. Um, well, like, there's, like, I've been seeing, like, a little bit of, like, think pieces about him, about uh, the old man's character. Like, mm -hmm. as far as like, you know, making a, making an argument for, in favor of him. Uh, mm -hmm. like for instance, um, if he were, uh, since it was a complete like 50, 50, like 100 to 100 votes split, um, on the, on the very first episode where they were like, or yeah, it's the second episode when they're finally like, Oh, what the fuck are we doing? Kind of thing. When they were split down the middle and he was the deciding vote, like he player number one was the, was the deciding vote. He decided instead of being a, bl a fucking bloodthirsty hound. He decides to vote no. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. that's that's good. Like he 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 truly wanted to. I think he just wanted to have a good conscience. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think that that's a good thing on his part. But I'm pretty sure there's a there's a high probability that they would have told them if that they were gonna die if one of them bothered to ask what does eliminated mean. There's right. a, there's a high probability. I think there's like there's enough uh, to warrant like about how their code is, about how fair they are, like how much they believe in. <clears throat> like equality of out you know like that kind of stuff like no no uh what do you call it like no weighing like no, like what do you call it what's the word i'm looking for like don't uh don't do unfavorable they, conditions to yeah they not interfering right yeah now, there's enough to, there's enough to say that there's a possibility that that would have been the case if somebody asked what does what is what happens when you're eliminated you know, here's kind of where here, here's where the show really shines is that it does spark a lot of these conversations after you're done with it, possibly. Uh, but here's my other point about this and, and, and like what my think piece on the show is, uh, is that I don't think the games were truly fair. And, and I thought like my interpretation of it is that the fair argument is bullshit because there's one game that I think best exemplifies this, which is the game where they got to walk through glass because in that game, there's no, you can't argue that there is fairness in that game because the people that just purely out of luck ended up being the ones at the bottom of the list because they picked the coats with the highest numbers are, or the vest with the highest numbers are the only ones that have a chance of going through it. There is no reasonable way that you can argue that the first of the person that was first in line had as much of a chance of winning that game as the person that was last in line so to me that game was so interesting and i feel like it was intentionally done this way because that game represents the fact that the whole fairness conversation was not really true at all it was just a facade for them really just wanting to toy with these people's lives because if it was fair then they wouldn't have set up a game like that you can argue that a lot of the other games are perhaps but if you think about it with the what's the, with the honeycomb game right where they had to get the thing out of the cookie like that one too 
the random choice of which symbol they picked also determined the difficulty they had in that game. So there is an argument that like, hey, out there, you know, the real world, the, the argument for the game runners being good is that, hey, the real world is shitty. The real world is not fair because the people that are successful are successful out of, you know, um, like they're maybe they're already wealthy. They're already born wealthy or maybe they're just lucky or whatever. It's not a fair world over here. Everything's fair. Well, I think that argument falls flat because all of the games had some level of luck involved and some of them were 99% luck and like very little about the skills. You're right. You're right. I'll give you that one. Especially mm -hmm. with how like the, uh, the, the game runners, you, you know, you there's two more, two more to your point. The game runners like rigged the game, the glass game, whenever the guy, there was four people left and the guy could yeah. tell the difference by the refraction of the glass. And he was able to mm -hmm. say, Oh, well we got, let's turn off these lights so we, we can fuck him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's uh you know, that kind of sucks. You know what I mean? Uh, and you know what? They're, they're, the guy, the gangster guy almost had it. He almost had ideas like, I'm not taking a step. You go first before me, that kind of stuff. I think that was actually, there were some interesting dynamics where like maybe there could have been a way to, um, I don't know. To game like, it, right? Feel it out. Um, like there, yeah. was a, there was a part of me that, was, that almost wanted to say like, uh, you know, I wonder if like how well you could like walk on, on the beams instead of the glass. If you can mm -hmm. balance yourself on the beams, could you avoid st like cracking the glass or whatever that you don't just you know fall over? You know what I mean? Right. I wonder how the game makers would have like tried to fuck you, like no fuck you, you're dying, you know, kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it actually made me think of uh, I don't know if you watched the Saw movies, and I I think I watched some of them like all the way back in the day, so I don't really remember them that well. But I remember there was a plot line at some point about how. Um, there were um, like there there were different people in different movies that ran the the games basically that you know set up the traps and everything and at some point there was a character that was setting up the traps where he just wanted people to die so he didn't even give them a chance to uh, to really live or he made it very unlikely that they would escape it and that was the plot line of one of the movies um, and yeah, it was with, uh, I believe it was like the third Saw movie or the fourth Saw movie because he had a disciple and it was a woman yes and she just wanted to kill and yeah uh, exactly and then he got mad at her it's like you don't you don't get to just kill you have to give him an out and uh, the guy uh, there was a guy that did the thing was like all right here's the condition to win to, to get out alive the guy like like cuts his crushes his hands to get out but then it doesn't let him out and it kills him anyways that's what right, 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 right. Yeah, that's that's what I remembered. So I, I think there's like almost like a, a parallel here, which is like maybe at some point the games were created with the idea of uh, of being this this fair competition, despite, you know, this despite in this twisted, obviously gruesome way, but this fair competition where people where they all actually have an equal chance of, of succeeding. Um, but the truth is, is that at least in the current times that we follow through with the show, there isn't, you know, the, the, these, these, the, the game runners are really just, just, just fucking around and, and just like, just trying to get them all killed, except for one as we, as we get to see in the end. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't want, I don't know if you want to remain in this point, uh, but if you don't, another thing we can do is talk about other, the other, uh, main characters of the show too. I actually kind of wanted to talk about the games themselves, like oh yeah, uh, the games themselves, is in the sense of like the first two games were were very innocent, like right in the sense that your actions of how you play in the game doesn't affect whether the next person next to you dies. Like, right. And if you think right. about like red light, green light, you know, as many people can cross the finish line will win. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like if people didn't like panic as much or like you know try to run away, that they could have they could have actually like more people could have lived. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you just, 
do red light, green light, you don't get eliminated, you're good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that with that one and with the, with the cookie game where you have to cut out the shapes, you know, whether or not you succeed, it doesn't matter. Like, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't kill someone else. Right. And then the third game is the, is the very first time where your winning kills someone else. That's when right. shit really, truly got real because in order to win tug of war, you have to pull somebody else to their death. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's an interesting like little uh, little thing, and I I kind of a part of me would have would have liked to have seen how uh, if the old man team, the one with the user strategy, if they could have truly beat the the gangsters, the the evil villainous gangsters. Oh yeah. <laughs> like that would have yeah. been an interesting matchup. Uh, yeah, but, they they probably would have, but I I knew that I knew that that was not gonna happen because you could tell like this is also the kind of show where you could kind of tell from the beginning with the characters that they highlighted where it's like okay these are the ones that are going to be alive at the end you know what yeah. i mean like, like these, these are the are ones, the ones... that have plot armor yeah exactly that like stand out a little more so i knew that they were not really gonna pit them against each other until they did on i think it was the fourth game where we were getting closer when, when we we're getting closer to the end but yeah it was yeah the games are very creative, by the way. The, the, the way that they set them up, the, the, the way that they they took these uh, these kids' games and and turned them into something diabolical was was interesting. Um, and it makes you wonder what else kinds of crazy things they could do in future seasons if they were to do that. You know. You know, it's kind of interesting. Is like I want to talk about the fifth game because you know all of the times like when you when you when you're te- when you pair up with somebody, you're a team. You know, you everyone's mm-hmm. working together, and this is the first time where the team is actually working against each other because right. everyone had to be paired up in twos, and mm-hmm. uh, everyone was like pairing up with their best friends, like the husband and wife, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 old man and and the main character, and like the two girls that were kind of friendly with each other and stuff like that. Like everyone was talking about how they're gonna they're gonna make sure that the other makes it out alive. We're gonna work together, and then they're then after that they're told, oh my god, now you gotta one of y'all's gonna live other. and one of y'all's gotta die. You gotta figure it out. You know that kind of stuff. I thought that that was like very heart wrenching, like in the sense of like yeah. Everyone is working, thinking they're going to work together, but now they're going to work against each other, and they don't want that. And that would have been the one time right there where somebody should have spoke up and said, "Who wants to vote to not play anymore?" You know, that could have been the one critical moment where more enough, maybe enough of the majority would willing would be willing to opt out. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, yeah. that's that's a good that's a good point. And you know, another game where the majority probably would opt out is is the glass one that we just talked about. Like, had that been oh, yeah. brought up, because that game was. Um, like from the moment the numbers were decided, at least it was also decided that there were only two or three people there that really had a chance to live. Right. Um, realistically, I know that, you know, there is a chance that the first guy gets all of the glasses, right. But it's a chance of like one in, in a uh, hundred thousand or something crazy. You know, you just got to do. Yeah. And the you know, one like, guy who was a mathematician, he was <laughs> like, he calculated like two to the 16th power or whatever. Like it's like, yeah. that means I got one in 30,000 chance of winning. And he's like, fuck it. And he just starts like running through and just yeah. dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, on that, you know, the game that put, you know, the the duos against each other. That that was the that was the first one where, um, where where it felt like from that point on, it was where it felt like, oh shit, got really real now. And um, the most and, emotional, and I would say. I, yeah, I think that that one was the most emotional from the character yeah. deaths that happened because it just that was the first time they actually killed off main characters. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? exactly, exactly. Um, and it was also interesting to see that that woman, whose character I hated, by the way, she was so annoying, um, didn't get a pair 
for that for that uh, thing. And and everybody was just thinking she was just going to get killed. And the moment she got dragged off the room, I told Leah, because we were watching together, I said, she's not going to get killed. Because so far, every time they wanted to kill somebody, they did it immediately. Just like, gun to the head, immediate shot. Like, they, they these, these villains, these guys did not waste time. It was very, like, to the point, you know, like, we're here to do a job, you know, sh- shoot, done. Uh, if they dragged her out of the room, that means that she's going to stay alive. They're going to do something with her or she's going to stay alive. Um, and, and then she did. So there was something interesting there, too. I actually thought about that fact a lot because I was wondering, like, was there a way out? Like, was there a way out for some of the other games, too? Like, in if if they uh, was it ever established on the on the game where they were playing against each other in the pairs that if they just didn't play that they were both going to get killed? Was that a rule? I couldn't remember if that was ever established. I don't remember either. Um, I think the rule was that you have to collect all, somebody has to have 20 marbles or something like that. I don't know. Right. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Yeah. Um, if you don't play the game, you get eliminated. It's part of one of the like, little clauses. Like, if a player refuses to play, then they're eliminated, which means they die. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, okay. you have to, if you have the, they have a 30 minute timer, so the winner has to be decided. Otherwise, you're both eliminated. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because uh, the, way, the way I was looking at it, it's like, oh, I wonder if they were like playing with each other. Uh, but nobody ended up running out of beads because I think the I think the what they said was like uh, or marbles. sorry it's not be- marbles there we go yeah like whoever uh, ends the timer with zero marbles gets eliminated so like if both if two people ended with like less than uh, you know like not not the twenty marbles but also not zero like could they both move on that was something that I thought off um, but I guess you're right maybe they would just get eliminated there's no way to know um, and you know I I felt so bad for the the Pakistani character um but he was also so gullible like i was like dude dude open your eyes like open your fucking eyes and and with the other character who ended up kind of being the ultimate bad guy in a way like i mean not really i mean the bad guy i guess is just running the game but the bad guy amongst the people playing it uh it's interesting how they kind of slowly gave us hints throughout the show that that um he was gonna be the one to uh to do what it takes to uh to kill everybody else right um, to get the prize because I the first oh, hint about we his got best friend? That, yes, yes. Okay. The uh the first hint we got of that was in the in the very second game when he knew like he knew what was coming, like his based on his like body language and stuff, the fact that he picked triangle, everything seemed to hint that he figured it out he had figured out being a smart guy what was what was going on. And he still let uh Gihan I guess yeah go and uh and 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 go to the umbrella way like he there's a moment where like he he considers stopping him he goes like hey and but then he lets him he lets him do it anyway you know so i feel like that was the first hint like this guy's gonna end up being an asshole you know this guy's gonna end up betraying the group so that's where that was kind of established for me yeah that's true um it's almost kind of like how do i put this it's it, it's an interesting like dynamic how they all start off as like we are we're we're all equal and stuff like that and like it just sort of like sees like the facade. I don't know if it's like let's say a facade because I think maybe in the beginning he even believed it too. To tell you the truth, right? I think that when he his desperation got the better of him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, and I, I like he, I think there was yeah. an interesting thing too where like they were trying to like make teams and be friendly to each other. But myself as somebody watching the show, I was thinking like. There's, there's no more than one person that's going to walk away with that prize. So this is all pointless. You know, like, you know, you got to know from the beginning that these people are going to end up killing each other. You know what I mean? Um, you, know, you know what I kind of wish that they did is like, I kind of wish that they didn't kill people in between games. Like the, what the mm. prison riot thing that happened. Like, right, I almost right, kind of right. wish that there should have been a rule where it's like, you are not allowed 
to eliminate someone. Yeah. You know, unless but it's they, within the game. You like, can tell when the gangster guy, the the guy that was like the, the most like the villain for most of this for most of the season, mm-hmm. when he was killing when he killed that one guy because of like food, mm-hmm. the guard should have went and just shot him and, and just and then just dec- uh, decreed you are not allowed to eliminate someone. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. And it's um but it's interesting though. I feel like all of those things just kind of help solidify the fact that this was never fair. You know what I mean? Like it was never fair. It was just they were just fucking around. They just wanted to fuck with these people's lives and uh, kind of take advantage of their desperation to create an entertaining thing for the people that were ultimately uh, paying. You know, the sponsors, the VIPs, whatever they they were calling them, the people that were betting on uh, on the sick game, right? And I love how the whole thing kind of paralleled. Um, the main character in the beginning betting on horses as well, right? Um, so I feel like the other, like, I guess the criticism that I have of the show and the thing that kind of makes me refrain from just going full on out, like, oh, yeah, this is a 10 or whatever, is I actually felt like a lot of the show was relatively predictable or really? that they played it safe. Yeah, the the thing that caught me off guard the most was in the beginning, the fact that they let them go um, and that then they came back. Like, I didn't see that coming. Um, I could have sworn the old man was going to vote, you know, we all stay here. And to me, that was the most obvious thing. They're all going to stay in there and do the game. But the fact that they chose to do the plot line of like, no, they're going to let them go. And these people are going to choose to come back. Um, that I thought was the most surprising, um, kind of twist of the show. And obviously the twist at the very end with the old man too. But I feel like everything in between, was decently predictable. Like I would often look at Leah and be like, all these people are going to survive because you know, they're, they got plot armor. So we're good. And then, uh, when, when they, uh, when they had to kill each other, I actually called all the wins. I said like, here, she's going to live. She's going to die here. He's going to live. He's going to die here. He's going to live. He's going to die. It was all right. Yeah. Yeah. With the duos, like (laughs) it was all right. I got all of them right. Um, because, Plot armor again. I was like, you know, the best friend, they, they're, they're going to use that till the end. That's going to be the duality thing. You know, the main character with his friend, they're going to have to kill each other. Like, he's going to live. Pakistani guy, bye-bye, sorry. Like, the um, the old man and him, you, old man's going to die. You know, like... Do you think that they could have uh, done a better job of, like, making a bigger cast? I mean, it was already yeah. a big cast, but, like, they, they were relegated to background extras for the most part. But do you think yeah. that they could have brought more people to the camera and make a bigger ensemble to, like, you know, make yeah, every I, game more, like, heart-wrenching? Where it's like, damn, I thought, they, I thought this guy was going to be a lead, but now they're just dead on the first game or whatever. Right. Think about Game of Thrones and the fact that they're able to kill spoilers for game of thrones i guess but they're able to kill the main character in like the first season and then they just keep doing that in in future seasons and stuff like that right so it establishes that nobody's safe so i almost kind of wish that in the beginning like maybe in the very first episode they could have had like another like two or three characters that they highlighted like that they you know gave some lines to and we paid attention to that characters that stood out and then they die on like you know like this one this one dies on the first game this one dies on the second game this one dies on the third game just so that it would have given us um like that 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 feeling of like these people are not safe because i i felt that they were safe the whole time until you know we got to the pairings and then even on the pairings i was able to call out the ones that were still safe and then you know like i said like it was it was decently predictable when we got to the glass part you saw the numbers like that they picked and what the game was once that what the game was was revealed it was pretty obvious like okay well these are the three you know 14 15 16 these are the three ones that are going to get through now everybody else is going to die here like i so that was my yeah 
it's kind of interesting that if you think about it that way, yeah, it is predictable in hindsight, but like, I don't know. I don't think I was feeling that it was predictable, at least for me, because mm-hmm. here's the thing. And here's the thing that we didn't even touch on. There's actually subplots. And yes. I think the subplots actually added more intensity because Fair there's enough. a subplot of the doctor cheating and finding out what mm-hmm. the game is ahead of time and harvesting organs. And there was another subplot of, of a police officer who's investigating and trying to collect evidence to take back and uh, find his brother also, by the way. He's trying to, like, do the... There's a, like... Which, by the way, the, I've seen many a talk about, like, about the subplots, about whether or not they should have even belonged. Were they even useful? Did they... Could have, they have just been written out entirely and then, like, not affected? Because, you know, like, that's a whole conversation to have. But I think for me, I think the subplots actually, you know, turned up the intensity, especially when yeah. there was, like, a lull in the middle. You know, they were, no, like, I, they were at the forefront. Like I like the subplots. Like, I, I feel like the the argument that could be made is, like, had the subplots been taken out, the final outcome of the story would still have probably been the same. Um, yes. But I was happy the subplots were there because I just complained that I felt like a lot of the outcome of the, of the games themselves were predictable. The outcomes of the subplots were not. Like, I had no idea what was going to happen with the, with the doctor guy. Like, uh, like okay, how far is he going to go? How is this going to happen? Like, or the whole harvesting organ situation. Like, what is this going to lead to? Like, the, that was the stuff that was the most, almost like the most interesting, actually. And, and, and uh, part of what kept me hooked. Like, trying to figure out what was going on. The whole thing with the cop as well. Like, everything. Like, trying to figure out who is the brother. Like, who is... Uh, like who is his brother? Where is he? Is he involved? Is he one of the main characters, or what? What's going on there? And um, and then ultimately finding out that he's running the show, you know, like and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the f- finding out that they've been running this thing for years and will continue to run it later on. Um, if anything, there was a lack of like if if this is a one season show and it's gonna end here. Um, there was a lack of um. I wanted to see. I guess I wanted to see the the operation be taken down somehow like there's a part of me that wanted to see the cop figure out a way to to take down the whole thing or the main character at the end you know like use all his money to send a nuke on that freaking island or something (laughs) i don't know like just (laughs) like take down the boss uh but there's also there's a little bit of a beauty in the fact that they didn't like there's like this open-endedness to it like where i feel like even that is a little bit metaphorical like that that it's gonna it's gonna continue on happening you know unless unless somebody's able to do something about it eventually if the show okay, so there's two things. Number one, if there's nobody, they're not dead. So like the bro- the brother is still probably alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number True. two, I think that if the show were to have been a one season like limited series thing, they would have had the main character get on the airplane. And so yeah. I think that if you yeah. were to do a, uh, a second season with him turning around and getting not getting on the plane, he's intending to take down the organization. Yeah. So I feel like I that could that be that's interesting. Why I think yeah. that's what they're going to do for the second season. Like, they're going to bring it back, and they're going to be, like, reveal, like, you know, oh, my God, the brother's alive. He survived. And they're going to show the part where he gets shot and dives off the cliff, but he swims the shore yeah. or whatever. They're going to do that little thing where they, you know, they pay everything off, and it's going to be, a, you know, it's like, I know where the island is, and I have money and resources. Let's work together, you know? Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff, so... I That'd think that cool. that's what's going to happen. Um, don't know if you want to, how they want to do a second season. Like, do you want to do a second season where it's like a whole new cast of characters that are playing the, a new a new Squid Games and we sort of do parallel stories? or Because, like, one of the things that you do about when, when, when happens with the Hunger Games is, like, when the Hunger Games, the sequel happened and stuff like that, they had to do the quarter quo. They had, a, they had to, like, raise the stakes by making a contest of champions. You know what I right. mean? Like, it's not like you're going to do that with Squid Games. 
they could straight up just rip off the the Hunger Games and and do that because there was a winner every year and they'd been doing it for many years. It looked like since the eighties, um, but. Yeah. I, I hope they don't do that, because I think that's cheesy, honestly. I thought it was cheesy in Hunger Games. I think it would be um, even more cheesy if they did it on this show, because it would look like they were ripping it off, right? So I, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't want them to do that. I think the way to make a second season for the show is you have a new plot with new characters that are playing the game again, uh, but you don't spend as much time, like, you go, like, more straight to the point. Like, maybe episode one, they're already in the middle of it. And then, so, like, we don't need to get another introduction, you know, see them, like, getting slapped in the face, the whole, like, origin story of them getting there. We can go straight to the point where they're already there, right? Um, we got a new cast of interesting characters. And then um, Gihan and and the cop are the subplot on that season where it's happening, like, kind of behind the scenes. We get to see a little bit of it every episode as they're making some kind of plan to infiltrate. Maybe they're bringing in more people with them. They want to infiltrate and blow up the whole thing. I feel like you can do both like parallel stories um, in tandem. And then maybe they're going to be able to communicate with the people that are in the game and they're going to help each other, you know? Better yet, Squid Games Europe. Squid Games <laughs> South America. Uh, like, just do it, but like different regions. And then Avengers Assemble like after five seasons or something like that. It does leave an interesting question of like, is that only happening in Korea or is this, you know, a bigger thing? Um, I think it's, it's worldwide. Honestly, it's crazy how organized their organization was, by the way. The the logistics of everything they were doing, like the amount of bodies they had to get rid of and, and, and go through, like everything that they had to do. It like yeah, the organizing of on the game. on staff and on a schedule yeah. and like the fact <laughs> that they were able to get that many employees like w- like working that way. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, like everybody was so professional. You know what I mean? Like nobody is breaking any rules. Nobody's scrolling through Facebook in the middle of the work no one's day. Like off the mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like no one's speaking dang. when spoken to and all that stuff. It's like holy shit. It's just so regimented. It's almost unrealistic. It's like it's almost like Illuminati level of like conspiracy yeah. kind of thing. That's the thing about the show. It's like it was almost kind of campy a little bit because it was like everything. It, some some of the stuff is so uh, over the top with the with the unrealism and the stuff that they're doing um, that that it almost feels a little campy. Like all of the like all of the employees and the way that they behaved, I felt like felt a little campy. But it was it was fun. It added to the mysterious nature of it. You know, it made everything even more mysterious and suspenseful. And you're just like and off off putting as well. Like it it helped make everything off putting. Um, yeah. So yeah, speaking of uh, how uh, how ridiculous it is, like the sets, the set designs were actually practical for the most part. There was very oh, really? little special effects used. They actually built Dang. that set with the crazy stairways and like it almost it was supposed to remind you of that one painting where like the yeah. stairs are like all the the different. That's awesome. That's awesome. I was yeah. wondering like how how they did it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like not very much uh, blue screen. There was like a little bit of blue screen going on, um, mostly mm-hmm. during the tug of war. But they actually built the tug of war set where like it was actually on a race platform and everything like that. So mm-hmm. they actually did. They did like a lot of times the actors themselves we talked about them behind the scenes. They were actually surprised by the scope and when they're stepping on set for the first time. Uh, so there's there's that going on. There's also um, uh, like I said, I've seen many of think pieces a little a lot of. Uh, a lot of like little like uh, rewatches where somebody like a YouTuber said, "Oh, I found these little foreshadowing on the rewatch." Uh, apparently, all the main characters got a foreshadowing of their deaths. So, oh, like, that's the, cool. The gangster he jumped off a bridge and died. You know, like with that fall, mm-hmm. and then he died on the bridge on the glass bridge. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The best friend wanted to commit suicide in that bathtub, 
and he oh. dies at the end by committing suicide. That's cool. Uh, the the Pakistani guy uh, takes the guy's steals the guy's money and he gets his marble stolen from. Oh, um, okay. What else? Uh, what else happened? But like basically all the character deaths were like were foreshadowed in like their in their little origin stories and stuff like that. They just sort of little little thing right there. Also, there's a possibility that um, uh, number one and number four fifty six that they're actually father son like long lost. Some possibility. That's... There's like little bit of like mm. sprinkling of like possible hints towards that that's uh, weird. when he was talking about in like the the fourth game where he's like uh um like this is the street i used to grow up in and whatever that kind of stuff and then he makes like, mm-hmm. an offhand remark he's like yeah i used to, i kind of did that too or whatever and then he was like the one part where he was like drinking the milk and he's talking about i was like can you have chocolate milk because i'm actually lactose intolerant and stuff like that like i i i, I can't drink this as a kid or whatever and then he's like the, the, the old man said he's like yeah i had a son that that used to do that too he was like I used to spank him a lot, you know, or something like that or whatever. So dang, it's like, dang. Yeah, that's an interesting theory. I feel like that one feels like a little bit of a reach, but I would have to watch the theory to see everything that they that they found that, that seems to justify it. Um, I did want to add one thing, and uh, we could probably go for two hours on this show, but I am getting tired and I, I got uh, another podcast to edit and stuff, so I would want us to end soon. But yeah, I do want to say this up too. the ultimate twist with the old man being the bad guy Um there are some twists that when they happen, you just kind of get pissed off. Like, ah, come on. Like, that's bullshit, you know? But that twist, actually, I felt made sense. And it was the good kind of twist. The, the the type of twist that you look back and uh, it, it the twist itself ties the loose ends uh, off the show. And it helped tie some of the loose ends of the show. So I actually, I actually enjoyed um, that twist uh, because in the very first game, um, you can tell that the, the old man was like he's like running happy and that he's actually enjoying himself and i was like what the hell kind of psychopath is this person and i feel like when you want to learn who he truly was and his motivation and everything that makes so much sense you know what i mean like that his behavior on the first game just makes so much sense um and, and every his behavior... single game is a game that he played as a child is like oh i used to play this as a kid like every single one yeah of them. he was reliving his childhood yeah, yeah, exactly. So also, um, uh, fan yeah. theory is that it's rigged. He rigged the show, the, the games, to so he couldn't lose. So like, uh, people were saying that he wasn't quite as green in the cameras and red light, green light, whereas everyone else was like fully highlighted green. Oh and yeah, he was like a little off shade, so it was like as if not to not target him. And then there was even like a little like people were talking about like, oh, what if his uh, his uh, his wrists weren't actually padlocked to the rope? So if he were to lose tug of war, he can un- un- easily undo the, the 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 wrist stuff and not fall to his death in tug of war if they lose. Mm-hmm. So like there was like these like little like things like people were talking about. I was like, man, he may he makes sure not to be able to die, you know. Yeah. And also, of course, you know, in the game when he does lose, he actually bows out willingly and doesn't get shot. And of course, they don't show it on camera. So, yeah. But yeah. Go on. Yeah. Cool. No, that 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 that's it, and and that makes sense overall. Uh, great show. I think people should check it out. Uh. I think I was able to to uh, talk about the reasons why why I had mixed feelings about it, a few things that I wasn't super down with, um, but generally I still think it's a, it's a recommend. You know, um, I think I think I'll give it like I don't know like somewhere between an eight and a nine, maybe like an eight point five. I think Fair that's enough. where I'm at with it. With it, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I still think it's like a I still think it's like a nine point five because I think it had a lot to say, especially towards the end where. The old man mm-hmm. was betting with, you know, with his life. He's like, you know, I bet you that that no one's going to help that bum. No one cares. Like right. he has such a, a cynical worldview in, in his characterization. Right, right, and right. Whereas our protagonist, he's very hopeful. He's like, no, there will, someone will help him. And yeah. ultimately he was very, he was, he was proven right. 
and the old man dies and i it's very ambiguous if he even saw that he was wrong you know right so you, you don't know if he dies being like think rethinking his worldview or or dies you know validating his own worldview you know what i mean so True. ultimately it doesn't matter i think but for him since he's dead but like i think that's re- it's really it's really got a lot to say as far as uh you know between what that and parasite uh, like i feel like uh like south korea has a lot to say about classism you know yeah 100%, about poverty and, 100%. and stuff like that and money so yeah and if you haven't watched know, parasite to add to that if you haven't watched parasite go watch that that's my final thought yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah like i said like uh, I'm, I'm glad we got to do the spoiler cast by the way dan because uh uh, like I think if I were to just do impressions like I normally do, like on any given week, I would have been a huge disservice. You know, this definitely <laughs> warrants a full-on discussion. We talked mostly for like an hour about this show, so yeah. and I think what's what the even worst part is, like I feel like we left things out. You know, I think oh, there's, there's so much. Say, but I mean yeah. to say, we could have gone for another hour or even two because like we didn't even talk about like the ending and like how all of that went down. We could have gone deeper into specific characters. Uh, we didn't even talk about the character of the girl, by the way, that was that was playing the game, um, who was like one of my favorite characters too in the show. So like there there was a lot there to dissect and to talk about, and I feel like that ultimately is the is the top um, positive net positive of the show is that like this show leaves you um thinking and uh with stuff to to talk about for for ages with the with the people who you know who watched it if you want to you know agreed yeah agreed and so we encourage you guys to to go and watch the show and be a part of the conversation like i was uh i was at work and then people were like in the because we use even though i'm at work in the physical office there's still a lot of us that are working from home and so we're in a group chat and like on this on the group chat people are making idle side conversations about squid games and like have uh-huh. you watched squid games I'm like yeah girl i'm on episode four and all that kind of stuff like yeah <laughs> so yeah I, just saying, I get that uh just throwing that out there and uh yeah we'll go ahead and and wrap it up here so it's time to end Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Uh, remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or on Twitter at readyplaymovies. And uh, you know, pretty, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to pull off a show on Tuesday for you guys on normal, regular recording time. So I'm on I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter at Chocolaka88 and Dan. At the Dan Lima. All right. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time. See ya. Bye-bye.